Did you bring your parka? I think it's going to be pretty cold on an ice planet. How did we not realize Jeff was such a Stefan? I always thought he would never be more than an Urkel, but he's actually a Stefan. You're lucky Katana wasn't there. <laughs> I know. I dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> yep. I really hope he's okay. With all the bright lights, I couldn't really see what happened before we rushed into the Phoenix. I'm sure he's fine. I mean, Jeff has made it out of really sticky situations before when he was just Jeff. Mm -hmm, Now that he's super Jeff, it's unlikely that it was just some gimmick in the main storyline to sacrifice a beloved character by showing his full potential and ultimate character arc early, right? Right? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. I can't think of any tales in which a character turns full circle and realizes his or her full potential just before sacrificing him or herself for the greater good and is ultimately removed from the story? (laughs) Exactly. Now, let's check our inventory for when we land. I'm not marching onto an icy planet to get lost and have to kill a local animal just to keep it warm. Don't forget about the mythical, magical women who proclaim themselves queen. You mean Karens? No, I think her real name was just Jardis. I brought plenty of liquid foods to carry. Those are all going to freeze when we arrive. Exactly. You know how long I've been wanting to try a pickle popsicle? I bet that will perfectly pair with a chicken noodle soup Sherbet. Which reminds me, we need to find some Sherbet glasses. Sherbert. Yeah, Sherbet. Sherbert. You're right. That was Cosmo's last wish. I almost forgot about that. Did you bring any pudding? You could have a frozen pudding pop and we could kill two birds with one stone. No, I just have some liquid jello. Lemon? Lime. Why in space would you pick lime jello? I like the color. Taste never really bothered me. I'm starting to wonder if you have a genetic taste bud issue. What are you talking about? I have great taste. We'll see about that after your frozen expedition into eateries. How about a surrender bite while we travel? It's kind of a tradition at this point. And I even have the pervert one. It's about ice. Oh, that reminds me of a joke. What does Batman put into his favorite drink? Huh? Just ice. Get it? Just ice. Like justice. Justice. Hmm. Playing Surrender Bite. I'm telling you, Olaf was a direct riff-off of Frosty the Snowman. Do you have any proof? Proof? He is a snowman. That's a lie from Magic who sings. I think the evidence is pretty clear. You're really getting worked up over this, huh? I just hate to see stories being given credit they don't really deserve. You need to de-stress. Maybe you should just... Don't. Let it go. I I swear to snowman. And we're back, broadcasting from our studio on the pale blue dot we call Earth. We've got a great short for you today. That's right, Charlie. I hope you listeners are bundled up and cozy warm because today we discuss ice. Ice. Under pressure. Wait. Wait, what? What? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) American writer Gretel Ehrlich 
said ice is time solidified. Now, ice can be defined as the solid state of water which forms a brittle crystalline solid that is transparent. It can also refer to the verb form of decorating a cake or diamonds, or if you're a villain in the 80s movies, to kill an enemy. Today, however, we're going to stick to the frozen water part of all this. Batman, I'm going to put you on ice. It's me, Mr. Freeze. Victor Freeze. My wife, she's sick, so I make antidote. (laughs) (laughs) What we were trying to say is that ice typically forms when water is cooled to or below zero degrees Celsius, which is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. The freezing process is not that straightforward, however. A lot of people think it is, that water just turns into ice, but there are at least 17 known forms or arrangements that ice can form when frozen. Did you know that? I did when I researched this because I thought it you was could all... have just said no. No, I did, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If you want the simple answer, God. <laughs> uh, depending on the temperature, pressure, and particles dissolved in the water, these are crystalline structures and denoted with a Roman numeral based on the order in which they were discovered. There are also other structures such as amorphous ice that are not crystalline in structure, so it doesn't get the Roman numeral. This is typically formed when... Water is cooled rapidly, or when regular ice is compressed at low temperatures. That lovely crunching sound. Mm-hmm. So it's not always temperature. Sometimes it's just you know room temperature and pressure. Under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. See, it's starting to make sense now, isn't it? Bum, bum. Okay. Uh, there's even something called super ionic ice. Now, this one is insane. The oxygen atoms are locked into a frozen crystalline structure, but the hydrogen atoms are free to move around. I wonder if that makes a better slushy. Hmm. Now, the most common form of ice, and probably most of the ice you've ever encountered, is ice one, which is called hexagonal. That accounts for all the ice that falls to Earth from the heavens. Well, there's a lot of ice one coming down. <laughs> ice eye. However, the most common form of ice in the universe is most likely amorphous ice, which is super abundant out in space. There's even an exoplanet that we have discovered that's likely... Um, hot ice. The, hot ice? Yep. Yeah. The pressure on the planet is so high, the water is compressed into the solid state. That's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Under pressure. pressure. <laughs> Another per, uh, peculiar phenomenon about ice is the fact that liquid water is more dense than ice. Water reaches its densest state at around four degrees Celsius. Don't we all? <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> Ice does become more dense as temperature drops, but not to the point of four degrees Celsius at liquid water. Uh, when the water molecules begin arranging themselves to form ice below that temperature of 4 degrees Celsius, the hydrogen bonds take over and begin spreading the molecules apart rather than packing them more densely as most other substances do when freezing. Not all substances do that, though. Well, this is why ice floats in water. So now you know. This is incredibly important on Earth. Imagine if the oceans, lakes, and rivers froze from the bottom up. In some places, that would be a permanent block of ice, and there would be no marine life um, like the poles. Yeah. So you may be asking yourself, if water is warmer than ice, why does it last so long in my drink? That's because heating the same amount of water just enough to melt back into its liquid form takes the same amount of heat it would take to warm the water by 80 degrees celsius or 176 degrees fahrenheit almost boiling that's a lot of heat Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, energy so a lot of people don't understand exactly how ice works in a drink 
And I thought this was interesting because I looked it up uh, a little while back. So ice doesn't make the drink colder. It doesn't add cold to the drink. So it obeys the laws of thermodynamics. It actually extracts the heat, heat from, the from, from the the room temperature water. And then that causes the drink to become cold. That makes sense. Yeah. After reading this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Before I would have said the same thing. I was like, no, it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. It's cold. <laughs> Blasphemy. The church will be upon your door. <laughs> isn't That's a law of thermodynamics, isn't it? That yeah. heat always moves from high energy to low energy. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense. Yeah. Too. Yeah. If you think about it. The more you know. Now, speaking of weird temperatures, there's a point called the triple point. That's not a tennis term, by the way. This is where ice, liquid water, and water vapor can all coexist. Happily. It's defined at 273.16 degrees Kelvin and at 611 pascals, which is 0.09 PSI. It's an incredibly low pressure. It's about half a percent of what the normal atmospheric pressure of Earth is. It just bothers me that none of those are whole numbers. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Yeah. There's no zeros except I guess the front. for the, the 611 pascals, but still, it's not an even number. Well, that was actually a fraction, too. I just rounded. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Do you know why ice is so slippery? Because it's wet water ice. I, I don't know. Exactly. It's still not fully understood. <laughs> <laughs> But what I gather, (laughs) but possible that the friction and or pressure of an object moving across the surface of the ice melts a thin layer into liquid water. Hmm. Yeah. So the more recent thought is that the fact that like the ice is not as dense as water, the surface not able to properly bond with the ice underneath. Therefore, the surface molecules retain the same properties as liquid water. But this is still a theory. We don't know. We don't know. Who knows? Can you imagine like just not understanding like just like that thin layer on like the surface of ice as it interacts with other uh, things in its surroundings? How insulting is it to fall on a patch of ice and you ask a scientist, why is that slippery? Why did it fall on there? I don't know. I don't know. Don't Don't fall on ice. (laughs) Did you guys design the International (laughs) Space Station? Yeah, but I mean like. (laughs) But you don't know why ice is slippery? (laughs) We'll invest millions of dollars into uh, ice research. (laughs) Now, Bat Masterson, U.S. pro gambler and Army Scout, had said, we all get the same amount of ice. The rich get it in the summer. The poor get it in the winter. Ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Now, ice harvesting has been around for centuries, where they go out and cut up big blocks of ice to use later. Uh, winter ice was cut or dug and then stored in buildings for use in the summer. These buildings were double-walled, normally wooden buildings with all sorts of insulation that they could come up with, such as sawdust or whatever they could use that would uh, cut down on the heat exchange and Mm -hmm. melt the ice. One I saw in Connecticut could store over 100 million pounds of ice. Quite a lot of ice. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Kingdom of Heaven? Mm Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen any movie ever? (laughs) What's a movie? Uh, Well... If you're not familiar with the movie Kingdom of Heaven, it's about the Crusades where they go over to uh, the Middle East and uh, try to reclaim uh, the Holy Land in Jerusalem. But anyway, uh, the Persians at the time harvested ice in the middle of the desert in a, and they stored it in specifically designed buildings called Yachchal. Bless you. Thanks. That literally translates to ice storage. Now, in the movie, the uh, Crusaders are dying of thirst in the desert, you know, trying to find any form of water they can use to survive. And the locals bring out this cup of like perfectly shaved ice 
to show him. And it, it's a great scene in the movie. Like, you guys think you can come here and just take this from us? We thrive here in the desert. But anyway, you may ask yourself, how did they get that ice? How did they get that ice? Thank you for asking. They actually had these yakshals. Plus I think you. that's how you said. Um, and they were made out of sand, clay, egg whites, lime, goat hair, and ash. Why they use it, those specific materials, who knows? But it worked. And they were able to store ice in the desert for an extended period of time. And that's the foundation principles for our modern day fridges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually it is. <laughs> well, I mean, like maybe not as much goat hair. The ice box. Yeah. Did you ever hear about the um, iceberg aircraft carrier? I did not. Yeah. So. It pulled an iceberg? That's no, awesome. Like the, oh, no? The aircraft carrier was made entirely out of ice mm. uh, in theory. So when you were talking about the Connecticut storage facilities, I think it was the similar facilities out in the Northeast that were seriously considering building an aircraft carrier out of ice because it would essentially be unsinkable. They would float it across the Atlantic Ocean and they would use that to invade France to um, uh, attack the Nazis. <laughs> now, this was an actual plan in World War II. And the reason why it didn't go into fruition was because D-Day was successful. Hmm. Yeah. So they said their backup plan for D-Day was uh, an aircraft carrier made entirely out of ice. I, I must have read the same factoid because I saw that the English were thinking about making warships made from ice. Mm -hmm. And it just never happened. Yeah. Um, they There was – I didn't put this in the episode. Excuse me, we'll talk about it since we're talking well, about it. Well, now it's in the episode. Now it's here. I wasn't going to put it in the episode until right now when I'm talking about it on the episode. There, I can't remember what country it was, but uh, one country made a – they were trying to figure out how to break up all this ice yeah. to make a permanent dock mm -hmm. so that uh, a um, container ship could port yeah. and unload everything. And then they were like, what are we doing? Let's just use the ice. So they did. They used the, the ice as a port. Yeah. And it worked perfectly for like years. So anyway. There you go. Now, let's hand out some frosty facts. Yes. You ready? Yes, do it. You ready? Stay chill. Oh, let's see what you did there. Netflix and chill. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, ice-making machines made their appearance in the mid to late 1800s, but were mostly for commercial uses. The Inupiaq people of Alaska, I probably butchered that name. I think you did forget. Have a hundred different names for ice. That's a lot of ice. Names. I mean, that's more names than there are states of ice. <laughs> yeah. Right? More states of the U.S. You can essentially say like, oh, that's ice one. So actually, that's... <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> nay, nay, sir. <laughs> you think you know ice. Yeah. Now, there's a moon of Saturn called Enceladus. It has an ice volcano. That's a thing? That's a thing. A cryo volcano ice below the surface gets superheated and spews upward like a geyser where it enters the atmosphere and since it's so cold it freezes again immediately <laughs> so it is an ice volcano uh, all snowflakes are thought to be unique but they are all absolutely symmetrical that's due to the forces of repulsion and attraction that are in place during the freezing process of water that makes sense the commercial ice production business in the U.S. alone is estimated to be over $600 million. From producing and selling ice alone, not including the production of ice makers for use in business or the home. If you're planning a vacation in the winter, there are ice hotels in Canada, Sweden, Norway, Romania, 
Finland, and a few other places. And we recommend you visit those. Yeah. I've actually been to the uh, the Ice Hotel in Canada, the Hotel de Glace. Mm-hmm. It was, it was that must awesome. have been pretty cool. It was an amazing experience. You sleep in. They, they build it every year. Yeah. Uh, and each, they have artists come in to sculpt ice sculptures into each different room. So each room is different. Oh man, it was, it was amazing. Uh, so yeah, if you get a chance to go. So we'll leave you with a quote from Serbian poet Dejan Stohanovic. It's my favorite Serbian poet. Maybe, I think, I think, I think I it. He said, life is only a flicker of melted ice. Ice, ice, baby. And that's our short. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, we exist within the universe. And the universe exists within ourselves. We're all the stuff of stars. So have a stellar day, everyone. And thanks for stopping by our corner of the cosmos. This has been the Mid-Flight Crisis Podcast. You can support important spaceship repairs and maintenance by subscribing to the Mid-Flight Crisis Patreon page. We'd love to hear your suggestions about the show and future topics, and we appreciate your support, ratings, and reviews. This endeavor isn't possible without amazing listeners like you. Thanks for sharing your space and time with us. We'll see you on our next adventure. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Drop us a line at intrepidtransfer at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>